Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, everybody, to Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is me, Joey P, Joe P. Zafia, and today it's time for some early hot takes. That's right. We're going to get spicy on today's show and give you some of our fun and exciting takes on the upcoming fantasy season. Of course, D-Bro, Derek Brown, the king of bros, will join me. And the answer to the question, who did it? It was the one-armed man. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you know this. It's Jake Seeley. And again, if you haven't, subscribe to Fantasy Pros YouTube so you can see it. Uh, Jake and I, for many years, did a radio show together. And on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. we used to do Hot Take Tuesday. So, Jake, this is kind of a fun little way back machine for you and I. Isn't I know. that nice? I, when, you, when you said that Hot Take, I was like, where do I know? Oh, yeah. The award oh, yeah. winning. The award the winning show, show. Which you, you accepted right. the award for. I did accept it. Well, you know, somebody's got to do the dirty work at the end of the day. And yet yeah. I don't have the award. Again, it went to the like, network. What did you win? A Dundee? What, what was the award? <laughs> we won an FSGA much. radio show of the Ooh, year. My friend. Okay, okay. That's right. out, out, and then out, out. I wasn't there and he held it up in, underneath my picture of me. So it yes, like, I, so it was like Jake was there. <laughs> <laughs> this is what okay. friends are for, everybody. This is what friends are for. Uh, and uh, hopefully everybody had a fun Memorial Day weekend. And now we're back to the grind. All of us. Uh, but uh, we are certainly happy to be here in that grind. And of course, let's just kick things off. Let's just start the takes. Let's get going. Jake, since you're the guest, uh, and I know, you know, typing and other things are hard for you. I want to give you plenty of time for the rest of the day now to do the other things you have to do. Uh, so uh, let's start with your number five hot take for the fantasy football season upcoming. Mm, hot take, hot take. Uh, I don't know how spicy this is. The funny thing was, I was going through these because you said you want the good ones. And I was doing the show all in football. And I said, Sam Howell outperforms Kenny Pickett. And they're like, that's not even hot. I was like, so I had to come a little bit spicier. And I don't even know what this one is. This is why it's five and not one. But okay. the Arizona Cardinals are not only the worst team in the league. We don't want to start any of their players in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I include Marquise Brown and James Conner. Uh, I think that if you're looking back, we know as fantasy pros on this show is what we go back to the late Mike Tagliere, who wrote the article about a top 10 running back on a bottom 10 offense doesn't happen. And I think it'd be even worse than that. Colt McCoy. I don't even know if Kyler Murray plays this year. Like, cause what do you do? Come back to a two and nine team. There's no point. No. So no James Conner because the touchdown equity won't be there for how limited his touches are now and not playing 17 games. Marquise Brown, fine as a wide receiver three, maybe, but I don't want to try to predict the five good weeks he has on this terrible offense. <laughs> and then there's nobody left. Zach Ertz, shell of his former self. I think he's going to start losing more to Trey McBride. 
I mean, Rondell Moore, we want to have happen. I love Michael Wilson down the road. I think he's a very underrated, underrated wide receiver, but I think that's more year two or three or four, whatever it might be. But I'm looking at, I don't, I'm not drafting a single Cardinals player. I don't know that we want to start any of them this season. So you're not excited about the Clayton tune era beginning. I don't know. Debro <laughs> name that oh. tune. I, I know a lot of people will say, yeah, but you're getting a discount on guys like Marquise Brown and James Conner. So to Jake's point, I understand where he's at, but the discount will be tempting. Do you feel like it's a temptation you should stay away from and you're better off taking shares of other backfields or other wide receiving cores that, you know, maybe less thrilling situations necessarily, but because the offense potentially could be anything better than the Arizona Cardinals, you just stay away from these guys in general. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Marquise Brown is going to get steamed up the board now. With DeAndre Hopkins gone, he's going to get steamed up. You're probably going to see him in a lot of different spots as a high-end wide receiver three. Some could rank him as a low-end wide receiver two. I get it. I'm kind of a little bit below <laughs> that. But James Conner is basically your classic dead zone back. It's There's nobody else. It's a craptastic offense. And we're just betting on volume. How often does that work out well, people? Like, not very often. So I'm with Jake on this one. All right, let's get to your number five take, D-Bro. What do you have? I am going to go, and again, I don't know how bold this is, but apparently I'm looking at ECR, and this wide receiver is sitting at wide receiver 47. So here we go. Quentin Johnston is going to be a wide receiver to this season in fantasy football. I had him as my wide receiver 31 right now in my ranks. Uh, I, let's just start with the easy, low-hanging fruit here. Mike Williams. Since mm -hmm. he's in the in the league, this is his laundry list of ailments, guys. Ah, uh, herniated disc, knee strain, back spasms, hamstring strain, hip flexor, ankle sprains twice. I'm getting worried and, we're going to run out of time if we keep doing these transverse <laughs> process fracture. And and again, I could keep going and going, but there you got enough to chew on there. The <laughs> idea of this is if it's not Mike Williams possibly missing a little bit of time. Maybe it's Keenan Allen. Maybe it's both. There is an easy path in what is probably going to be a top five to 10 pace and scoring offense for Quentin Johnson to explode this year. And looking at his usage, I think we could get more Quentin Johnson in the slot that anybody is prepared or ready for because you look at how he fits into this offense. Keenan Allen is not dust. If he is able to play the outside, and I'm saying able in the sense like, is he healthy? Then he performed well there last year. He was 22nd in PFF grade as far as versus man coverage, top 25 uh, in terms of yards per route run against that coverage. So he could still win on the outside. Quentin Johnson could eviscerate nickel corners. This man led all FBS wide receivers last year with at least 25 targets in slot yards per route run and yak per reception. I'm in it, man. Buying into good offenses and just taking the cheapest part of it and watching Quentin Johnston explode. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm a very big supporter of Quentin Johnston. I already have dynasty shares, but in terms of redraft, I'm with you. I feel like there's going to be opportunity. Jake, do you see that same pathway for Quentin Johnston this year to be a guy that, like Derek saying, not only just pick up the workload that's abandoned by the injured, oftentimes Mike Williams, but also <laughs> just, you know, this Charger team wants to throw the football anyway. And at this stage, you know, it seems like Quentin Johnston is certainly in terms of health, in terms of talent, is right up there in order to be a contributor. My concern is I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. I, like one is we're obviously banking on injury. Like if somehow Mike Williams plays 16 games and Kenny Allen stays healthy, this is going to be tough. <laughs> uh, we we acknowledge that because like Tyler Boyd was what 40 something. So that third wide receiver role. But let's say Mike Williams gets hurt. My only concern is that what does the Chargers think about Quentin Johnson in his first year role? Because as Debro just said, slot 
great, can use there. That's replacing Keenan Allen. Uh, Josh Palmer, they might be more comfortable similar to last year, using him to replace Mike Williams, which we saw Josh Palmer's numbers. Not very good when Keenan Allen went down. That's when DeAndre Carter did things. So I'm just worried only about the Chargers, how confident they are in Johnston slash Keenan Allen slash what their roles are going to be, depending on if Mike Williams gets hurt. All right, uh, let's get to my first uh, five hot takes. Number five on my list, Elijah Moore, now of the Cleveland Browns, who uh, was of the New York Jets. He is ranked 51st wide receiver at half PPR right now. That is ridiculous. He is going to finish as a top 24 wide receiver, and here's why. Because I do believe that Deshaun Watson and the Browns will improve. I know it was a very upsetting December last year. Everybody thought it might be better for Deshaun Watson. It wasn't. But I'm looking at the rest of this group, and Amari Cooper certainly is going to be the focal point. I understand people are excited about David Njoku, but who is the other real wide receiver, especially considering that they really don't have a great pass-catching back in this offense right now that you're going to point to and say, oh, yeah, there's where we're going to be the quick outs. There's what we're going to do. And there's one thing Deshaun Watson has to do better this year is get rid of the football quicker. That was one of the worst in the league uh, that you've seen in quite some time in terms of his processing. That will return, I believe. And when it does, I think Elijah Moore is going to be the big beneficiary of that. Don't sell me David Bell. Don't sell me Donovan Peoples-Jones, whose contract is going to expire soon. I want Elijah Moore, and I think this is one of the lower – uh, as Derek Brown likes to say, lower hanging fruits out there where you could pluck this guy off there and put him on your roster. And I think the returns will be very good. Jake Seeley, is this a hot take? No. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, and you used this. both hands, which <laughs> I like know this? you're in such excruciating pain <laughs> to move both I, thumbs at the same time. It's unbelievable. I love this one. I actually held on to Elijah Moore and Dynasty in a lot of places mm-hmm. because I was hoping that the landing spot would be beneficial. And I do. I'm with you on this and the fact that I think he profiles better for this team as the two than Donovan Peoples Jones does. I think Donovan mm-hmm. Peoples Jones, you just pointed out, if you want Watson to get it out quicker, that's not Peoples Jones game. Peoples no. Jones is getting downfield. Peoples Jones is getting that the bigger plays which I think profiles better in today's NFL as a wide receiver three, which if you're looking for it, Elijah Moore, we go back two years ago, he was put up numbers with Zach Wilson and Mike White. Like, let's be real about what he was doing, which is why we were excited for him last year, which kind of didn't happen. And it's funny you say this because as soon as this trade happened, I actually tweeted similar to, I said, this is two wide receivers in a row. They've stolen for cheap value, the Cooper mm-hmm. and now Elijah Moore. <laughs> yeah, hey, good for them. All right, Sealy, let's get to your number four hot take. What do you have? Number four, J.K. Dobbins is an RB1. I'll even say top 10. Uh, I am loving J.K. Dobbins. I think people missed how good he was down the stretch last year with the volume he saw in the run game. Oh, by the way, those were all games without that Lamar Jackson dude playing quarterback. Those were the other shambles of quarterbacks playing back there. And I look at the 20-plus carries, and we go back to Mark Ingram from a few years ago. I don't need much work in the passing game because Mark Ingram had 200 carries. And because of the touchdown equity, which I know everybody sits in the industry and wants to say, don't predict touchdowns. Some cases we can kind of predict touchdown equity and the Baltimore Ravens backfield is one of those cases. You give me 240 touches for J.K. Dobbins, double-digit touchdowns, top 10 finishes coming. I don't have to sell Derek Brown, J.K. Dobbins, but I'm sure nope. you want to pile on here. Go ahead, D. I know you <laughs> waited patiently. Go ahead. Give us some more positive Dobbins uh, reports here. Well, let's be real here. I was kind of pissed off whenever I got to the uh, to the outline and Jake had already taken J.K. Dobbins because that <laughs> yeah. was going to be one of my guys. I was loving this, man. I love this take because if you look at what Todd Munkin has done with his running back usage, over his final two seasons as an offensive coordinator, Peyton Barber and Nick Chubb accounted for at least 68% of the opportunities. So I feel like everybody is just absolutely got the blinders on. They're like, oh yeah, Greg Roman is gone, but we're still going to treat J.K. Dobbins like he still has Greg Roman there. 
I don't think this backfield gets divided up into three different parts or pieces. I don't even think it's really like two. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be their workhorse back this year. Todd Monken has that history. We know the talent, and now the health is going to comply. Dobbins is going to crush, man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's funny talking about J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Moore, you know, guys have had very high expectations and all of a sudden, you know, those expectations got lowered a little bit year over year. But it's kind of like a refresh right now on them for both of those guys. And it's in Dynasty as well. So if you're looking for the Dynasty content, we've got that for you. FantasyPros.com slash Dynasty. Don't forget, because we've got all the profiles. We've got the trade targets. Probably some of these guys we're talking about are going to be in there more in depth uh, position primers. Everything's in there. Uh, and it's at no cost. So again, go check it out. It's free. FantasyBros.com slash Dynasty. And of course, like everything else, when you're premium here, you get even more access. So go premium today at FantasyBros.com slash premium. But go check out the Dynasty Draft Kit and get yourself ready for all those Dynasty startups and the redrafts and everything you got going on here. D-Bro, give us another hot take here. What's your number four on your list? Staying in Baltimore, man. This is just a fruitful offense that we're able to kind of pick off parts and pieces that are too cheap this year. Rashad Bateman will finish as a wide receiver two in fantasy. We, mm. The sample that we got out of Bateman last year, and I'm all in on Bateman this year. We had four games. The guy all had almost a 20% target share, 30% of the air yards in Baltimore. And I get everybody sitting here building the arguments in their head right now against Rashad Bateman as I'm telling you all this, saying, I'm, well, I'm doing. I'm actively yeah. doing that. I just want you to know. <laughs> Odo Beckham is there. He's mm-hmm. a washed version of himself. We saw that last when he was with the Rams, 15% target share, couldn't even eclipse 1.3 yards per route run. And you have a rookie in Zay Flowers, who I like, but still we're, we're going to talk about prospect profiles, raw talent. Bateman trumps him 10 times out of 10. And Bateman in that small sample last year, we got to give this guy some credence. And I get it, small samples. A full season of NFL action in its entirety it can still be talked about as a small sample. So... Don't anybody come at me with a four-game sample. This is an indicator of talent. Rashad Bateman was fourth in yards per route run over that sample behind only Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and A.J. Brown, and he was tied for first in yak per reception with Debo Samuel. Now you're telling me, like, okay, now he's got to compete with a Wash Odell Beckham rookie for targets behind Mark Andrews. I'm all in on Rashad Bateman. His price in all drafts right now makes no freaking sense to me. I'm I'm ready to to ride the lightning with Rashad Bateman this year. I was very much with you last year <clears throat> with Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Now, like many other people, we have that, you know, that turf burn from last year, which might also be a Rashad Bateman injury if we look. But you know, have all of these, you know, issues where we go back and look at Rashad Bateman, Jake, and it's not a matter of talent, it is a matter of health, and we haven't seen him on the field enough. So Derek is saying, you know, don't come at me with the small sample size, but he's kind of presenting a small sample size in his argument. So which side of the fence do you buy when it comes to Rashad Bateman? I would love to be on the same side because we just agreed on J.K. Dobbins, but I am (laughs) far on the other side. I like there's hedges in the way. Like I can't even see Derek over here, like because I'm going to give you a name that has nothing to do with this team. Juju Smith-Schuster. Last year, wide receiver 27 behind Travis Kelsey on a Patrick Mahomes offense. I go back to Marquise Brown, even the two years that he led the Ravens, didn't even crack the top 35. So that's my problem is I agree with Derek and the fact that Bateman is the one and Dave Flowers is the two. 
But I feel like that's actually two and three behind Mark Andrews. And unless Lamar Jackson has mm-hmm. another MVP season, that's still capped. Like that MVP season includes Marquise Brown that year, I think finished in the forties as the leading wide receiver, quote unquote, for the Ravens. So my concern is it's just, it's too much goodness real life for the Ravens. Like I think having Odell Beckham flowers and Bateman is going to be amazing for Lamar Jackson, but they're all check in behind Mark Andrews. And that's my biggest concern. It's just the share. They don't need to have a go-to. All right, let's talk about another wide receiver. My number four, Rashi Rice, who is ranked right now, is the 101st wide receiver on Fantasy Pros in the ECR. I think he's going to be a top 50 wide receiver. Now, people might say, well, that's not a hot take. I, I think it is because everyone keeps telling me about Kadarius Tony, who never plays. And I like the talent of Sky Moore, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of the guy that I think fits their need the most. And MVS is going to be there for a hot minute, and then he's going to be gone after this season, too. So what they really have got to do is find the next guy or at least evaluate what they have on their roster, who that's going to be. And the one caveat I will say is if DeAndre Hopkins, as of recording this, we don't know where he's going. If he ends up there, that would change the math a bit for me. But right now, Rashi Rice, the more I watch the tape, the more I go back and look at him, the more you hear the early buzz out of camp from Patrick Mahomes, how much he likes him and how he performs and thinks like a veteran. Those are very good comments to hear about a rookie. So Derek Brown, let me put this to you. Last year, you and I held hands. We ran through the garden that was Sky Moore together, and we fell into a well, and we couldn't get back out of it. Are we doing the same thing again with Rashi Rice, or am I doing it at least? So you fell out I don't of the think sky, so, is what you're telling me? Uh, well, <laughs> well, we fell down, and we couldn't get ourselves up. But you know what? Maybe it was just the wrong guy was the right concept. Uh, but he, he does do a lot of the things that you would – you would look at what Juju did last year in this offense. Yep. He does a lot of those things well. So we had some games that once Juju kind of got up to speed before he got hurt, he had that stretch of two or three games and everything looked like he was like, oh no, we're kind of moving in a good direction. And then the injury happened and it just took a while to get back on track and it never really did. But is Rashi Rice the guy that can get it on track for the Chiefs? I think he is. I mean, if you look at it, and I've talked about this since they drafted him, I think that he is the Juju replacement. You look at what mm. Rasheed Rice did in his prospect profile, he was elite versus zone coverage last year. Like we're talking about a guy that was top six in yards per route run against this coverage. So that, and you marry that with the skill set of over the last two years at SMU, yes, he played outside one year. He also was in the slot the year prior to that. So we're, we're talking about a guy that can fit that mold of being versatile and playing outside, inside. And Juju, his calling card at this point of his career is beating zone coverage. Okay, well, same thing for Rasheed Rice, except he's a younger player. And there's room to maybe add some more tools to the bag to be able to play the outside more. Yeah, I think this is definitely possible, Joe. Yeah, Pat Fitzmaurice has some great write-ups on a lot of the rookies and Rashi Rice, too. Um, he's got a dynasty startup uh, draft primer group that he's doing right now over on fantasy pros so if you haven't already seen that go check it out uh the dynasty startup draft primer so all those articles are fantasypros.com he's got write-ups on all these guys we're talking about because look we're talking about quentin johnson we're talking about rashi rice we're talking about these rookies in redraft right now so even if you don't play dynasty i think you want to get all the information you can on these players because it feels very much i'm sure jake will attest to this too like a big transition year in the nfl where after we get our first four or five rounds it's kind of wide open. Nobody kind of knows who's going to slide into some of these better spots. It is really tough out there. And the answer is probably going to be a lot of rookies at the end of the day. Jake, let's get to your third hot take. What do you have for the audience? 
So number 67 currently at wide receivers, Alec Pierce more than doubles his return as in finishing as a top 30 wide receiver. Uh, I think that Ooh. Alec Pierce, the stink of last year and the excitement <laughs> for what he could have been. There was, there was flashes. We saw it. We saw Alec Pierce and what he brought to that team. But I think the stink of the quarterback situation and what that was for the entire year really ruined what Alec Pierce could do. Also the loss of Jonathan Taylor obviously killed that offense as well. But I think you're looking at Richardson likely starting from day one, as a lot of people assume is that, I think the profile of what Pierce gives Richardson and Richardson's style, I think Pittman is his number one, but Pierce's style will fit Richardson going deeper at times. And if you look for the yards per, or the air yards per target last year, right in line with Michael Pittman, but the yards per reception was much higher for Alec Pierce. And that's what I'm looking at here. I'm looking for the bigger plays for Pierce. Might not mm. be as consistent as Pittman. But I think the bigger plays and the touchdown upside that he can bring, still love Pittman, top 20 to 25. But I think Pierce is going to be right on his heels, and that's going to shock a lot of people. I think he's a great value this year. Debro, if Richardson is the week one starter, though, we imagine this offense is going to be very run heavy. And mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, read option kind of stuff that that's what that's what my anticipation is. Mm-hmm. Does that Same. hurt not just Pittman, but Pierce, too, in terms of even the volume that's a, that could be potentially out there for him this year? Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest concern uh, as far as just looking at receivers in that in that passing offense is how much are they going to throw the ball? But I think Jake lays out a path to success for this as far as when he does get targeted, it's going to be deep. So you're looking at the splash plays and the long plays for the touchdowns carrying him across that finish line. I guess like my biggest concern with that is the raw target volume. Like if he gets 80 targets, it's rough. But if he gets, (laughs) if you push him like into a 90, 95 target range, I think it's possible. It really comes down to, and this is another part to Jake's. do, Do you see Jake? Like, do you see, Pittman and Pierce garnering what 60s 50 to 60 percent of the target share there in Indy low low 50s I I think the tight ends are going to not be as involved as people hope they will like you're looking at what we expect Jalen Woods to be the lead it's just Mm -hmm. it's kind of conglomeration like it used to be like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh they have 17 tight ends we like and now it's like (laughs) they have 17 tight ends but we don't really like any of them Mm -hmm. so like I think we're going to get down to the top two targets are going to be Pittman and Pierce you are definitely warranted similar to a Justin Fields in the volume might be Mm -hmm. tough but i think the touchdown and the big play upside can offset it all right so there you go uh let's get to your number three hot take d bro what do you got started this on the running back episode when i was fighting with erickson (laughs) for about an hour and a half and (laughs) i'm gonna continue it one because there's no erickson here to fight me back although jake and joe you might fight me on uh, on the way here travis Etienne is going to massively disappoint people and he is going to finish as an rb3 in fantasy yeah i didn't stutter i said travis Etienne will finish as an RB3. An RB3? RB3. RB3. And this all comes <laughs> down to last year, Travis Etienne had the stranglehold on volume, the early down work. I think Tank Bigsby is coming for that. I think that Tank Bigsby is going to factor into the early down work, and he is going to factor into the red zone work here. I get that he wasn't a second-round pick, Joe. I know you're coming with that, but he was a third-round <laughs> pick. So we're not talking about fourth, fifth, sixth. I'm not wish casting a seventh no, that's, round that's, pick. And, yeah. But if you look at Travis Etienne's production last year, and I laid this out on last episode, but I'm going to rehash it again because, again, people, if you're tuning into this and you're looking for the hot takes, I'll back this up, man. Travis Etienne did not have a pass game role last year. He was 31st in target share, couldn't even surpass 8% of the targets. 
in Jacksonville. Now Calvin really is stepping in. And unless like we're talked about with Erickson, we're wish casting injuries upon this offense. I don't see that his target share is going to go up. He was 36 in yards per route run 42nd in PFFs receiving grade. And he was one of the worst running backs in the red zone last year, 57th and red zone touchdown conversion rate. So if Travis Etienne loses some of the early down work, which last year he basically was just an early down grinder because he had nothing in the passing game and he loses the red zone work. We are talking about a back that is going to operate in between the twenties, not get targets. And this offense is built to run through the passing game. People after Trevor Lawrence took off after week nine, they were top 12 in both red zone passing rate and neutral script passing rate. This offense is not going to be driven and predicated by the run game. So if that backfield gets split in half, ETN does not get targets and does not and gets his touchdown share cut. He is going to massively disappoint people in fantasy and they are going to be crying into their pillows all the way into next season. <laughs> Jake Seeley, I, I will say Derek Brown did bring the receipts here to back this up. Yes. So are you buying this here? I mean, this is a huge drop off considering if he stays healthy enough to play because that's not part of this caveat. It's not about health. No, it's about yeah, performance and about, about the offense. Healthy. Now, look, the one thing Erickson did bring up was they were the healthiest team last year in the NFL, and that is not something you can mm -hmm. expect every year. So, Jake, right. Travis Etienne, <laughs> giant disappointment, RB3. I don't know. Playing a lot of Zelda cooking with again, the pots over there. Not RB3 <laughs> overall. <laughs> NRB3, just in case people yeah, are not hearing it properly. Okay, go ahead. If, if he would have said mid-low RB2, I, I could have even gotten bored. The, the only, like, he might not be wrong, but the only thing I think in my head, and I even checked myself to make sure I wasn't crazy, Devin Singletary finished his RB2 last year. That's why, like, I'm thinking of, I'm, I was going through his arguments and saying, like, touches, mm -hmm. 200 total, like maybe 30 reception, 170 carries. And I was going through, and I'm like, you know, that feels like Devin Singletary. Did he even get top 24 last year? And he did. So the touchdown equity would be the one thing that really kills him. Like, he only had five mm -hmm. all rushing, zero in the passing game. Does he still get five, six, seven, or eight? Like, if he doesn't and he falls to three, he's going to nail this and he's going to look like a genius. But I just, if Devin Singletary is the floor, I'm kind of like, oh, he's still going to sneak inside the top 24. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Um, number three for me, uh, I'm going to go to the Houston Texans for this next one. Um, everyone keeps telling me about Nico Collins and this guy and that guy. I watched a guy at Alabama move the chains for a team that was really good. And the guy that they needed a first down, the guy in the go-to spots, the guy who made the big plays wasn't necessarily John Mechie, but the guy that when you needed to catch the football and make things happen on a regular basis and be the guy was John Mechie. And I understand, obviously, the cancer diagnosis last year was a horrible thing. He's worked his way back. All the reports are still very good. Now, we don't know what kind of lingering effects that's going to have, and that is all fair. But I'm just going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to go with the guy that I think is the best talent, especially for a young quarterback, the guy who I think is going to be the better route runner, the guy who's going to play in the slot. And The slot targets are really what you want right now out of this offense because it's still an offense that's going to be limited in some ways, even with C.J. Stroud. And it's John Mechie. So I think he's going to lead the Texans in receiving yards in 2023. That is my hot take. Jake Seeley, what do you think about this one? You're going to go in like uh, John Mechie? No. You like it? Uh, okay. I, I, like, I like John Mechie as a rookie before the whole diagnosis, as you said. I thought mm-hmm. basically after the draft, when they brought him in, I said this is a perfect compliment to Brandon Cooks and what they need. They need somebody reliable who knows yep. how to get open every single play. And I thought this is perfect. And you brought it up. Like if you're looking at Nico Collins, he's discount Will Fuller. Let's be honest. Like, like that's just like the role <laughs> that he brings to this game. So like I think that Mechie leading this team in receptions is more than easy to do, especially with no Brandon Cooks now. Uh, the only thing holding him back is what's the stamina level? What's the like, you know, I'm thinking right. like Roman Reigns and wrestling, like and, and I don't just bring up wrestling, but like similar to that, like, is he going to have like this time off seems to be long enough that we hope that he's hundred percent, but like, what is his stamina is going to be out there? 90% of the snaps, everything like that. If he is with CJ Stroud, let's not forget how good CJ Stroud is as the pilot. Like if you talk about Agreed. the three main rookie quarterbacks, like you have to sell this to guys right here oh, yeah. about CJ Stroud. He's the best pocket passer of the three. Like he's forever. the one that should step in and like, he'll probably be the lowest fantasy for our purposes this year, mm-hmm. but for, accuracy and needing a matchy type i think that's a perfect fit between the two all right there you go i always waited my whole life for jake seeley to give me validation <laughs> you i finally smart. got it on this show <laughs> finally we'll see how the rest of the show goes all right number two jake seeley let's get i know you're gonna take that i'm wearing a mesh shirt you gotta ch- question my judgment come on <laughs> oh well the judgment yes but your validation that's a different thing uh all right let's get to your number two hot take what do you have seeley I'm going to hot take it up from what I originally put in the sheet. I'm going to even go five spots higher. Brandon Cooks oh, returns dude. to top 20, top 20 wide receiver. I actually oh, looked, and last year was the it. first time in forever he hasn't finished as a top 25. But let's say go back to top 20. You just dropped I know a Michael frozen Carthage. reference on the show, bro. Is that what just happened? <laughs> you no, just do semi. that? Semi. Semi. But look, the, Mike McCarthy nice wants to run the ball. I said about you, I take back immediately now. <laughs> 
He must have run a billion times. Look, he's going to be happy if, you know, Tony Pollard gets 30 carries for 60 yards and they win a game because that's Mike McCarthy. But at the same time, they need to be realistic. They need to get back to the Dak Prescott offense where there's some balance to the passing game. Mm -hmm. And for whatever has been said about Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup is fine, but he's not a number two. He's a three. He's similar to what we were just talking about the other wide receivers we've been having in this conversation so far. Brandon Cooks is not done. Brandon Cooks isn't 30. Like, let's 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 go on and see the fact of what Brandon Cooks has been able to do and piece together. Like, I, I feel like this is the crutch argument. It's easy to say, but he feels like the new Allen Robinson. Like, look at all the trash he's dealt with. But at least, like, unlike Allen Robinson, their body style and their play style, he's not done yet. Like, Allen Robinson fell off the cliff and disappeared. Brandon Cooks still has a lot left. And playing with Dak Prescott in this offense, he's back to top 20. Uh, I love the Brandon Cooks call. I'm with you on this one, too. Uh, it, it's a little spicy, but I like it, especially top 20. You're really pushing it yeah. there. Debro, let's push another one for you. What's your number two? I don't think this is hot and spicy, but apparently every time I mention his name out in the Twitter streets, apparently everybody wish casts and pulls out their crystal balls and thinks they can just forecast. Do you have money in wish casting? Because you mentioned it several I times do. in the show now. <laughs> I do. Have an investment. I do. I, I, I he's, he's playing password on the side that we don't know about. Yeah, that's a, the word I, I of the day. URL, okay? So if you if you care to come buy this from me, I will happily wishcasting.com. Yeah. $5, $10. I'll give it to you. It's Derek okay. Brown in a wizard hat. It's an amazing <laughs> landing page. It's so good. Don't don't even start that because now that's gonna be the well, you did just come from the Ren Fair this you. weekend. I know that. Thank so. you. Well, you know right. what? That, that that's fair as well. Darren Waller will be the tight end two in fantasy and compete on the heels of Travis Kelsey for the number one spot. I love Darren Waller this year. And the last time we saw Darren Waller surrounded by a bunch of beta wide receivers, what did he do? He crushed everybody in fantasy. He was first in raw targets, first in target share, second in targets per route run, tight end two in fantasy points per game. And now everybody's saying he doesn't, he's not healthy. He's washed. He's terrible. Well, that's wrong because last year the man was 13th in PFF receiving grade 12th in yards per route run. And he led all tight ends. And I get it's a small sample because he wasn't healthy for the entire year. Led all tight ends in yards per route run against man coverage. And if you go look at the numbers about the guys that are at the top of that leaderboard, it's all of the people that end up near the top of the leaderboard in fantasy points scored amongst tight ends. Darren Waller has a clear and amazing path to absolutely crush in fantasy mm -hmm. this year. Everybody's sitting here giving him the injury discount. I'm not going to do it. He is my tight end, too, in my ranks right now. So I don't think this is bold, but apparently consensus does. Well, Jake Seeley, I already know you're a self-loathing Mets fan. But the other thing I know <laughs> about you is you're a self-loathing <laughs> Giants fan also. Uh, so that being said, is there a better chance that he finishes as the tight end, too, or just plays two games all year? <laughs> I think there's actually a better chance if you would have went the fact that Daniel Jones can't sustain a tight end too. That's what it comes down to. So that's the hating Giants fan. It's like, I'm stuck with this quarterback 40 million a year. So uh, is look, that all? I, I, yeah, that's all. <laughs> it's it. It's it. Small details. I, I think there's the path for it. Like if he is the Travis Kelsey to their offense, if he is the one that gets 110, 120 targets, my issue, my only concern is that will Daniel Jones turn to him that often? Oh, well, is is it going to be Wandell? Is it going to be Hyatt? Is it going to be Sterling Shepard for two games? Is it going to be Slayton and all the rest of the 18 billion options that they have? And they're kind of creating this team of let's everybody slant all over the place. And that's my concern. So I actually think Debro's spot on with what should happen. I just don't know if I trust Daniel Jones to make it happen. 
Mm, fair enough. All right, let's get to the next one on my list. My number two, Jameer Gibbs, who's being drafted right now as RB19, is going to finish as an RB1. So again, it's not too many slots mm. to jump, but I want to throw this out there because people keep telling me, well, David Montgomery's there and he's going to handle a lot of the goal line work and all that fun stuff. And people will point to last year with Jamal Williams getting as much work as he did and as many touchdowns as he did. To which I say that was because of the necessity of they didn't have DeAndre Swift being DeAndre Swift that they wanted DeAndre Swift to be. And if you can follow that logic, stick with me. Because I do believe that Jameer Gibbs is exactly the DeAndre Swift that they wanted DeAndre Swift to be. In fact, he's a much better version of what that plan was. And now all they have to do is implement it. So kind of like Jake's earlier comment about Alec Pierce, about the quality of the volume and all these things going on. He's going to get the quantity. He's going to get the quality. I know David Montgomery's still there. And yes, it will be some early down work to him. But we all know the running back that we want in fantasy is the one that catches the ball and the one that has explosiveness. And David Montgomery's game ain't explosiveness. So Derek Brown, are you with me here in our friend Jameer Gibbs being an RB1 this year? Because I am ready for it. I think it's possible. I definitely do. I think that if you see Gibbs eat into the – and this is the biggest worry for me with Gibbs – is can he get enough of the red zone scoring opportunities? Can he eat into those mm-hmm. opportunities inside the 20, inside the 10? And honestly, Joe, I mean, I'm going to push back a little bit. I feel like you should, you, you could have gone bolder with this top eight, top 10. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking you to turn up the heat here a little bit because I could see this happening. All right. Top 10. Mm-hmm. Boom. That didn't take much convincing. There we go. <laughs> see, see how easy that was? I don't care. Look, I'm just telling you right now. I just you look at what the Lions did and the fact that they were so aggressive on him. It tells me that that's the guy they wanted. That's the guy they were not going to let slip out of their fingers. And look, kudos to them for being aggressive and getting him on the draft night. We all kind of made our jokes. But at the end of the day, you look back at their draft. They got the players they needed. The order doesn't matter. Nobody cares after a certain point in time. All that matters is did you get the guys you needed to go compete? And you start to look around that division now. Vikings defense is very good. Bears defense is a work in progress. Uh, I don't think anybody's afraid of the Packers. Just saying. Uh, to me, this is wide open for Jameer Gibbs. So let's say top I ten. Think top so ten makes. Go. I think my top ten actually makes it a little bit dicier because I com- I comped him to Alvin Kamara and the seasons where mm-hmm. he didn't have a billion rushing touchdowns. He was just on the borderline of being RB one those two other seasons, and I think that's kind of what the expectancy should be. I, I think um, that's exactly. I just what I worry about Dan Campbell mucking it up with like eating dog children or whatever he does does. but you know what i think jake i think everybody's looking too hard at the jamal williams 2022 instead of saying to the point of saying but they are they were trying to say that's going to be the copy and paste year over year like no it's not last year was a byproduct of not having swift be the guy that they wanted him to be in the style of offense they needed this to be especially with six weeks of not having jameson williams around too all right Derek brown Let's get to your number one, and then we'll get to Jake's, and we'll get to mine, because Jake's and mine are intertwined, Overlap. just like our lives have been for the last 10 years. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let y'all fight it out like a married couple here in a second, but <laughs> before we, we do get best. to that, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm diving into this ambiguous backfield. I know that people are worried about Damian Harris, and they're worried about Latavius Murray. I'm just going to go with the talent, and I think the most talented back that could play on early downs and through the passing game James Cook is going to have a breakout season. He's going to be a top 24 running back in fantasy. And if you look at what he did last year on limited touches, he was t- he was 28th in yards of contact per attempt. The man was first in breakaway percentage. So we're talking about big plays. I'm not telling you that James Cook is going to be a 15 to 20 carry guy a game. Can he be a 15 touch player a game? 15 touches. That's all we're asking for. 
through the passing game and early downs. I think that is definitely possible. You look at he was 19th in PFF elusive rating. He lapped Damian Harris in that metric. He was almost double him. 15th in yards per route run. We've seen Jake brought up David Devin Singletary, the Jag of all Jags, producing in this backfield over the last few years. RB30, RB24 in fantasy points per game. Now we're airdropping. We got James Cook, and he can take over a backfield, or at least enough to the sense of Devin Singletary did that, both with less talent and hovering around a 58% opportunity share. You're telling me that James Cook, who is a more explosive player because Devin Singletary does not know what a home run is on the NFL field, James Cook can break off those home run plays with a 50% opportunity share and the touchdowns, even I'm not telling you top of the line touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He sneaks in, he breaks off a few long touchdowns that married with the passing game. Yes, he can absolutely do this. All right, Jake, you are the carrot top of the fantasy industry. I know you've got lots of props. <laughs> so you have to hold that up a little higher on the YouTube channel, closer to your face. It's, now, that is, yes. a, is a rainbow poop emoji? Unicorn poop. Oh, the unicorn poop. <laughs> Yep, ah, see? so sound yeah, effects too. <laughs> Even sound effects high end. So I guess you're not poop. buying the James Cook that uh, Debra no, is No, because it's here? unicorn poop. So I have two poops, and you just pulled out a unicorn poop. It's not full poop because you kind of made it rainbows and shiny. If you want to go bold, James Cook should be RB one or top fifteen in the medium because you just brought up Devin Singletary. My pushback initially, I didn't see you said top twenty four. I was going to be like, look, you just argued against Travis Etienne. I'll do the same thing for James Cook. I actually do think Damian Harris is going to take away too many first downs, but particularly the goal line which was his heyday at the Patriots. So yeah. I'm worried about the touchdown equity for James Cook, who I think is very much like Travis Etienne. Should be used more in the passing game like James Cook will be. That all said, top 24 doesn't feel that bold for me. So I can get on board. That's the, that's why it's unicorn poop. I can get on board. You made it sound really rosy, but okay. you didn't make it that great. You made it too Let's low. Push it up, push it up, no. Jake. Is that what you're telling me? I need to sit <laughs> yes. here and increase you know, the heat. <laughs> like I was, all right, top 15. All right, there you, go. there you go. We turned yeah. it up. You know, of all the things I thought we would talk about today, unicorn poop was not on my list. I got to tell you, like, I did not think that's where we were going to get to. But I, I do love where we are. The, the fart sounder and and the fact that we have yeah. these high end you know, sound I, effects here. I, I was for the told show. make sure you bring it. in a high quality guest for this show to really raise the bar. Oh, you missed the mark on that one. He brings seriously. <laughs> and this I mean, is what I got. I got, I got fart fantasies. sounds and, and unicorn poop props here on the show jake Sealy, why don't you give us your number one hot take here uh for the 2023 fantasy season what do you got buddy so it's everybody's favorite darling this year he's not only gonna not be top five at running back Bijan robinson won't be a top 10 running back i'm going to <laughs> reference early in this show when i brought up the bottom 10 offense and i'm going to the fact that i love Bijan robinson no you don't my problem no, you know if you did you wouldn't even be saying i sat here well why do you Bijan? Mm -hmm. If he's Nick Chubb, people are going to be ecstatic because look at the line that Nick Chubb put up. The concern and why I bring up Nick <laughs> Chubb is because I don't know if the usage in the passing game is going to be there, not because of Bijan, but because of the offense, the offensive style, Desmond Ritter, who I actually do like, I don't think is going to yeah, throw so a ton to the running back. Yeah, They haven't got rid of Cordell Patterson. I think Tyler Algier is done for being involved, but he's going to be involved enough to just take away a few carries per week. And I go back to the touchdown equity and I bring up a good friend of ours, at least mine, who I think is undervalued this year. Najee Harris last year on almost 350 touches did not finish as a top 12 running back. I don't know that Bijan Robinson gets the top 12 because of the team that he's on. It's a better run team. offensive line, though. The Steelers run offensive line is trash Make your last argument, year. because I know what your argument I, I'm is. Ready. But I want to Because Najee Harris, 1,000 yards uh -huh. and 270 carries. I think that could be very much what Bijan Robinson does on this offense, even with the better 
offensive line just yeah. because of what the offense is going to be. That's my biggest concern is that the Falcons yeah. is not Bijan Robinson. Round right. one, fight. All right. So <laughs> so my number one, obviously, and, and is has to do with Bijan Robinson. And Jake, you know, I used to think that your take on Die Hard not being a Christmas movie was the dumbest thing that ever came out of your mouth. But but now Jake, now no, we have this today. Because Bijan Robinson is going to be the RB1 in half point PPR in 2023. That's right. Because he is a great route runner. He can actually line up in the slot. Okay. That's something Nick Chubb didn't do ever. Okay. That stuff's not happening. So when it comes to B. John Robinson and the Falcons in general, this concern about 400 year old Cordero Patterson is not a concern. Tyler Algier was only Tyler Algier because that offensive line was really good at running the football. And now yes, it was out of necessity, but it's also the plan. It's also how Arthur Smith is building this team. And let's not forget too, that they also have drafted in the last three years, the best tight end prospect, arguably one of the best wide receiver prospects and now the best running back prospect. Desmond Ritter just has to manage this. Desmond Ritter is a smart kid. So one thing you say about Desmond Ritter, he has to be a technician at quarterback. He has to be what Ryan Tannehill was for the Tennessee Titans at quarterback for this to be a successful offense. And I am over the moon about the talent of Bijan. And it's not because he's a rookie. It's not because of all these other things. But if you look at the need for this offense because of the young quarterback, if you look at the way this team is built, the coaching staff, the philosophy, the versatility, all these things that Bijan Robinson brings to the table, he is going to be the Atlanta Falcons offense. And that is something that I want the quality, the quantity. I want it all. I want all the Bijan. He's going to be number one. Jake Seeley, it's so much fun to be on opposite ends for you. And this is why you and I always have so much fun together. Uh, and I can't wait to have you back here at the end of the year when Bijan Robinson is at the top of the mountain. And, and I want to know, will you issue a formal apology to Bijan? Mm, I certainly will, but it's okay. not going to happen. Will you write it out with one hand because that's I, all you have? I want you to write it out. I'll with... write it out now with one hand so that I can save it for the, <laughs> since I have it. But it's going to say I was not wrong 18, about Bijan. have it actually written out. So that's good. <laughs> well, yeah. again, these are the hot takes. We want to hear yours. Drop them in the comments below here on the YouTube channel because it's fun. So we can all debate them. So <laughs> to be fair, hot I have Bijan at RB7, but that's still far off from RB1. It's It's not high enough. It's not enough respect for Bijan Robinson and you don't like Desmond Ritter enough. You don't like the Falcons enough and any concern about Bijan Robinson not being great because of Cordero freaking Patterson or Tyler Algier or anybody else that's around there. It comes down to target volume. I don't think he's going to get 40 targets. Listen, the last time we had an RB go in the NFL draft, Jake, this high with Saquon Barkley. So we things have changed. And what did Barkley do? He was RB2 that year. On a crap Robinson team that won five games. In the passing game. I will state that today. That's not a hot take. He ain't that far. I'm sorry. He is really I tell you what, that's good not that far. Game. He's got Bijan great Robinson hands. Jameer he runs Gibbs, great that gap is not as far as people want to make it. I will say I that. I can't push Bijan down that far when he landed with a team that was first in rushing rate and first in red zone rushing rate last year. Touchdowns Hello. are going to Bijan. Oh, good. This Love is you, a whole 40 sorry. minutes on Bijan Robinson, but we're not going to. Uh, Jake Seeley, everybody. He's the best. He's my friend. He should be your friend too. Follow him on Twitter at All In Kid. Check out his amazing work at The Athletic. Jake, it's always fun to have you on the program and talk football with you, even when you're wrong about things that you say. And if you want to see about people who are right about things that they say, make sure you head over and check out our amazing Dynasty content because we've got fantasypros.com slash Dynasty draft kit is open now it's free go check it out pat fitzmorris all his write-ups on fantasypros.com the startup draft primer 
all the articles, the tight end one just dropped. So go check all that out too at Fantasy Pros. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Debro and Jake Seeley, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.